Welcome to the Sharing the Heart of the Matter podcast, where we look for inspiration on the journey to discover what matters most. I'm Wynne Leon, and in this episode, I'm with my co-host, Vicki Atkinson, and we are talking about how to make self-care routines stick. We all have different ideas of what self-care looks like for ourselves, ideas that match our personality and phase of life. But for all that variation in style, there's a central question of how to make self-care stick. So in this episode, Vicki and I talk about the little hacks that help us really fill our cups. Things like knowing how we self-sabotage or trying not to go whole hog into self-care, but instead picking and choosing what's really helpful. I talk about seeing the bigger picture and how that helps to orient me on what is truly important. It's quite probable that I won't ever get to the end of my to-do list, or at least not until I retire and the kids have moved away. So it's my way of finding some peace in knowing what is going to make a lasting difference. Vicki and I talk about how we love naps and how they help to reset our system and create a break between one thing and the next. And in the midst of summer vacations and home improvement projects, we commiserate about how all the fun threatens to throw us off kilter. I talk about how meditation is my tool to irrigate the irritation, and Vicki reveals how she spends energy to get energy. Vicki answers how disruption helps to remind her that she can learn and adapt. We tie our need for adapting to things at a personal level, like having to change plans because of the AQI, or Air Quality Index, and extend the conversation from personal self-care to global self-care, which is a great way to segue to why this is a full circle episode, because we tie how taking care of ourselves helps us to be more thoughtful people in the world. I know you'll love it. Hi, Vicki. Hey, Wynn. How are you? I'm doing great. It's so good to see you. And I always love talking to you. You know that. <laughs> I Ditto. think everybody, everybody on the line knows that because we kind of laugh and giggle and <laughs> riff off of um, each other. Well, and dare we tell the truth? Right. That it's a good thing we had a little like scheduling liberty today because <laughs> we squandered the first like nearly an hour when we should have been like recording because we're just, you know, catching right. up. Yeah. I think it was we did squander an entire hour. <laughs> I know, but who's counting, right? It was right. it was all purposeful. We we covered many critical topics. I think we so. Did. And I think it's part of our self-care to spend our time with our friends, right? Absolutely. A little laugh, a little cry, a little commiserate. Yeah. I mean, um, we shouldn't like lie to people. We don't typically swear when we're <laughs> recording, but we said a couple of naughty words, each of us. But I feel right. so much better, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So right. you wrote a post entitled Love Me List. Yeah. And, and in that you said, we're focusing on self-care this month. And as I thought about this week's post, I realized most of what I need to learn on the topic has already been drilled into me one way or the other. The troublesome part, stickiness. Mm. Self-care efforts need to become habit-forming in order to pay dividends. So can you say more about how to make self-care stick? Mm. Yeah. I think maybe our listeners will have better advice, right, or wisdom than I do. But, you know, I wasn't joking that day that I wrote that because I feel like 
a lot of us as like grown up people, we know, right? And um, I love on Heart of the Matter um, this morning, Deb posted something beautiful, you know, about self-care also. And I think a lot of us feel that way, that that we know, you know, what we're supposed to be doing. But I th think when I wrote that, I was really thinking about the fact that knowing what we want to do and then committing to it, it's, it's not a one and done. It's a very sliding, slippery scale. And I think for me, you know, the stickiness and committing to stuff, it's it's watching for the things that I do that are self-sabotage related because I know all of my own tricks, right? Mm. In including the cleaning grout, you know, is a high priority, <laughs> right? Yes. yes. I need to do that, right? Right. But the other thing that I do, and I'm wondering if if you connect with this because I suspect it's one of those, you know, kind of like neural network ties that bind us a little bit, my friend Wynn, I have to watch myself for over committing um, even to too much self-care, right? And mm. trying to isolate, you know, and mm -hmm. so I, in that post, I came up with a few things that, you know, are on my list that I, I want to embrace because I'm giving myself the freedom to do so. But I, I think I have to be careful sometimes because I want to go kind of whole hog at stuff. Mm. And you, you can't, you can't do that. One, you can't measure effectively that any one thing you're doing is having impact. So from a scientific method point of view, it stinks, right? Excellent point. Excellent yeah. point. Yeah. All Vicky's about results execution. and measurement. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, Vicky's execution of it is really dismal. So, but, <laughs> but I love doing that because I also, in that post, I confessed a couple of things that I'm also just not going to beat myself up about anymore. And, one of them is, you know, I, I made a joke about, you know, my natural state is happy. I don't want to apologize for it anymore. I, I just, I am. And then the other thing that I think was funny that folks, you know, reacted to a little bit was this idea that, um, and from a self-care point of view, I know you and I feel the same. I don't want to excuse the fact that I really benefit with like a short, 15, 20 minute kind of little siesta in the afternoon. It's mm -hmm. my day is better when I do that. And I found myself for years apologizing for it. Hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. Do you tell me what about you? Well, I love a good nap. In fact, I do that every day. <laughs> There's no way Yay. I can keep up like that in that right before I pick my kids up. Yeah. Um, I need that and sometimes I don't actually sleep I just shut mm -hmm. down I just mm -hmm. have to shut down and switch gears yeah um, otherwise I I have this long list of things that I want to get done yep and I I have trouble shifting from that list to just being present yeah if I don't shut down in in that intervening time just for yeah. again not very long but um, I, it helps me accept the fact that I'm never going to get my list done. That yeah. things get added to it every day and I'm not going to ever finish it. And so I need to exit yeah. before I, I enter into the next thing of my yeah. day. 
Wow. And I think one of the things we hear a lot from people about self-care is, is about turning off notifications. And you are really, really good about that. You know, that I know if I'm texting you mm-hmm. or reaching out and I see you've got your, you know, your text messages, you know, kind of quiet or, you know, delivered quietly, but you're, you're very intentional about that. And I think sometimes even that people feel like they need to apologize for it. Hmm. Yeah. I think being with the people that we're with is it's the priorities. And I think that's for me when it comes to self-care is knowing my priorities yeah. and um, people are my priorities. Yep. Well, and so in a post that you wrote recently, you talked a little bit about vacation prep and the experience of, of being away and yeah. you titled the post kind of the long view. Tell us a little bit about, you know, thinking about the bigger picture of right. time away and resetting and, and what that does for you. Yeah, you know, in, in, the, in that particular post, I was talking about going to a lake place of my dear family friends um, that I've known, and I've gone there, they've owned it for 50 years. I've been there for probably 45 of those 50 years, you know, not every year by any yeah. means, but for so long that it's it's just amazing to think about what those 45 years represent and they were building a time capsule for somebody to uncover in 50 years. So we're talking about, yeah. you know, a hundred year span, but that big view of what is going to be around, you know, those items on my to-do list all of a sudden look really small. Yeah. They also, it makes me think, and I thought of this because Jim, my friend, Katie's father, uh, has been growing apple trees on this property for all these years, and it takes a while to nurture those apple trees. But what are the roots of what we're nurturing today that are going to last in in six months, in five years? I think that's a a common question. You know, is it going to matter in five years when we're asking? And, you know, we have to get things done. We can't ask ourselves that about everything yeah. you know we still um, have to finish that email and yeah. call that client and maybe that would or would not matter in five years but that long view of what really does matter helps helps ground me helps you know grow those roots of of what's important yeah well and I think readers loved that post because I think it was a a reminder to a lot of us as we read uh, you know, I, I it prompted tears for me, you know, because there's some realities about the passage of time, you know, and you really did take that long look, you know, generationally into the future. And, you know, time, you know, stating the obvious is finite, right? Mm-hmm. And But when we slow it down and you're in va- vacation mode and you're reflective about it, it's great to have vacation time at a lake, but being able to do that on a regular basis to slow mm-hmm. things down and reprioritize. I think, you know, for you and I both, I think that's where the magic happens, like the epitome of self-care, mm-hmm. doing that. Otherwise, every day is just a blur, right? Right, right, Yeah. right. Yeah. And the, the whole blur thing, it reminds me of the podcast that I just did with Deirdre that I know you're also writing a, a post that's related um, mm-hmm. in this wonderful synchronicity, but that pause and... And mm-hmm. Deirdre says in her podcast response to her, one of my questions, at the end of the day, she walks out of her office, she takes a look at the room, and she remembers who she saw that day 
you know, she she almost says a little prayer for mm-hmm. them and their lives and what they've got yeah. going on. And she takes a pause to remember. You know, that's yeah. a smaller a smaller example. We don't we don't get to take vacation every day, but we can take a pause every day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's just it's that and I know it can be a little overused, but I go back to it again and again. We know what to do. The practices, you know, and and as you know, lots of our our writer friends have said, there's no absence of input about what constitutes self-care. But that intentionality about picking something and then making mm-hmm. it a practice, whether it's you know what Deirdre's doing and having these like meaningful pauses moments of gratitude. It it only works if you do it. But right. You've you've got to hone in on it, right? And isn't that that's the flip side of what we're talking about with vacations or yeah. you know, in your case, maybe special projects. I think you haven't been able to boil water in your kitchen for six and a half months. There's things that come up that interrupt our routines. Yeah. So how do we make things sticky in that? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about this when you and I were noodling about chatting on this topic. And I think, you know, it, it's really hard because we want, for me, my observation, you know, coming out of, of three years, I'm still trying to wrap my head around how my psyche changed as a result of the COVID isolation. And I think, you know, for me, what I see, and I think this is true for people around me, that it's taking that whole reaction to opportunities to celebrate and it's like FOMO times a zillion, mm-hmm. right? There, there are all of these things and I want to do them all and I, I want to see people, but I think it's it's a balancing act because, and, and it's related to aging, I think, also, but it's also, for me, related to personality. As much as I want a lot of that interaction and the special gatherings and all of that, there are still regular things that need to be done. And mm-hmm. summer seems to be such a, a potent time for all of that, you know, and, and the wanting to party. But I also need to listen to my introverted self because I can't do it all. And when I do it all, I'm foregoing some of those other things. Mm-hmm. And so it makes me laugh a little bit because my dad used to say, you know, kind of uh, eyeing a big buffet line, you know, be careful, right? Because your eyes might be bigger than your belly. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I feel right. that way sometimes about all the fun, special things in summer. But, you know, I do not have the parenting dynamic that you do. And I think, you know, when I think about my friends that are still tending to their, you know, sweet, you know, children, summer is a precious time and you want to pack everything in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for parents that are working and juggling, and it's not just like normal life, you know, it's all the curveballs that life will bring about finances or health-related things or family obligations. I don't know. How do, how do you manage it? Because it's a lot. Well, yeah, it is a lot. I mean, you've, you've said it well. I think, and, you know, every week changes. You know, there's a different camp. There's a different something. And, um, or we've had visitors which have been absolutely lovely but that yeah and so for me I have to know what my non-negotiables are and and for me my non-negotiables are is my morning routine I get up Mm -hmm. I do yoga I meditate I write and I just this week I had a sitter that stayed overnight and I could hear her moving about upstairs 
and mm-hmm. I was in the middle of my um, sacred time, as I call it. And my kids mm-hmm. know not to to mm-hmm. interrupt the sacred time. But, you know, there's that tendency to want to, you know, I have a guest and do I host her? Yeah. And what I ended up doing is I put a cup of coffee on the sideboard mm-hmm. and I slipped upstairs um, to a different space that I, yeah. and I just know that I have to do yeah. my sacred time. Otherwise I, I'm, yeah. I, I, I try to put the word around it. I just am unsettled. And so as yeah. much as I want to be a hostess and, you know, have everything be perfect, I have to know what my non-negotiables are. And that one is the thing yeah. for me. No matter what happens, I do it on vacation. I do it here. I do whether I have a guest. And if I have to slip out in order to make it happen, I will do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think of it as um, maintaining your equilibrium because mm-hmm. I, I know I can be very reactive to things mm-hmm. if I don't do that. And it seems odd maybe to some people that you might wake up and feel that you need to do that. But for me, it's not about sleep and being rested. It's about setting the tone mm-hmm. so that I can approach the day and the things that I'm anticipating and the right. things that you can't. You know, I I need that also, and it's it's one of those things I love that we share. But I also think people get kind of wound up sometimes. And so, tell me what you think about this, about calling it a thing, right? Or you know, yeah. imagining you know a yoga mat, right, and the incense burning and all of that. It's right. it's simple. You do it anywhere, but it's the intentionality to do it. And if you right. don't, what are you like? What what does that well, look like? You know, so I call it irrigating my irritations. <laughs> and and I think, you know, often, and I, I, gosh, I talk about this with my kids all the time, you know, you get yelled at at work, and then you, you come home, you yell at, you know, your partner, your yeah. kids, the kids, you know, yell at the dog, the dog chases the cat, and the cat, you know, kicks the rat, <laughs> or who, however it flows downhill. <laughs> Okay, that was, I kind of screwed that one up. <laughs> I totally customized it in a way that. <laughs> I think we anyway, get the whatever. idea. <laughs> we get the idea. And we have I, sympathy I, and empathy for the poor rat, right? Yes, the one that's yes. getting it all. That the, yeah. that, that the cat kicked, which probably has never happened in actual reality, but whatever. <laughs> um, that's okay. The, if I don't irrigate those irritations, oftentimes I'm not aware of them. Yeah. And I have to let them come to the surface, yeah. bubble up. Yeah. And then I can push them aside fairly quickly. Yeah. yeah. But if I haven't done that work, I I don't. I'm reacting from a place where the cat's yeah. going to kick the rat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Animal welfare people. We love our animals. We are not invoking or inviting anything. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. But I'm thinking about what you said about and so is this is this a, a a fun little witticism from when the you know irrigating the irritations because I think yeah. about irrigation it's also a flushing right like yeah. to get rid of but also irrigation could be nourishment right mm-hmm. so yeah. tell me about the phrase is that is that a, a win witticism it it I think it is I I I have I been it. saying it for years I mean that's my time on my meditation cushion is I've always said it's yeah, it's it's just that extra uh, bit of flow that you know either brings things to the surface or nourishes the deep things that that um, widen my perspective again. Yeah, 
Um, oftentimes I, I can decide, is this something I need to, to if somebody has, you know, poked one of my uh, hot, hot buttons, I can yep. often decide whether is that my hot button that's getting poked or is it something that I need to work out in that relationship? And I can make that yeah. uh, better decision yeah. if I've done it. And if I don't, I, I really will react from a, a space of, yeah. And you know, I see this with my kids. The other day I uh, picked up Mr. D from preschool and his sister wasn't in the car because she was playing with a friend. And, you know, he didn't say right out, I wish Miss O was here to play with me or I'm envious that she has time with her friend and I like to spend time with that friend. That's none of what came out. <laughs> what came out was, I need you to buy me a Mariner's shirt right now. <laughs> I was Whoa. like, "Whoa, you know, sorry, sorry, that takes some time. And <laughs> so we got home and he was still going on about the Mariner shirt. But I was like, I don't think that this is about the Mariner shirt. I think this is about the fact that his sister isn't here. And he sat in the car by himself. Door was open. He was unbelted. He could get out at any time. He sat in the car in the garage. And I came back down two, three, five minutes later. And he says, I sorry, mama. I said, are you, are you upset about your sister? And he said, yeah. And I said, why don't we go see her? And then it was done, but he needed that time to to separate about whether it was the Mariner shirt or his sister. Yeah. Well, and just as potent in all of that, you know, one of these things that I I say to you often, you know, kind of privately, and but probably when we're visiting in, in a podcast too, is that I admire the fact that you you don't lean in quickly to respond, react, control, you know, with the kids, who you are as a parent, you kind of let him be and let him feel in a safe place and gave him a little bit of quiet, which is akin, you know, to your morning, you know, irrigation, you know, mm-hmm. time. Right. And and so right. you gave him that opportunity to kind of work it through, which is a really great point about parenting. It's a really great point about what you mentioned about your chat with Deirdre, that you can do that and slow things down and pause at any time of the day. Right. It's yes. not just a morning <laughs> thing. Right. But deploy that because in a lot of ways, maybe that's the ultimate self-care. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least, you know, to come back to some equilibrium to yeah which is what I think the word you used for your routine yeah equilibrium find that equilibrium and then operate from that space yeah as opposed to the reactive space yeah you know and and I love that you know you and I as we've written about you know parents and family members and challenges and all of that you know I love that people ask me how I survive Sue and and (laughs) you know one of those things is learning you know how to measure and control and think about my own response before I respond because I you know I saw someone who was in constant motion you know not always thinking but emoting and feeling and acting out and I think those are our lessons you know as you're teaching Mr. D right it's not about the Mariner's shirt but I guess I also have to ask side note you took the kids to their first Mariners game this yes. week. Did yes. he get his shirt? I need to know. Right. So, no, I, he got a, a hat that day. Oh, And then okay. he said he wanted a shirt. And I said, let's start with the hat. And I know that his 
grandmother, my mom, is buying him a shirt for his birthday. So I oh, can't get him a Mariner's yeah. shirt because it would spoil the whole fun. So, yeah. but, but what you bring up is a really good point, which is sometimes we want to solve what people say yes. is the problem. Like, I mean, I was tempted at the, he was so upset about this. I was tempted to like, yeah. hey, can I find a team store somewhere between <laughs> daycare and home that I could get him a... Because you want to solve the problem, but even it's it's not the the stated problem. Right. So, yeah, he hasn't gotten his mariner shirt yet, but he will. Yeah. But can you say yeah. more? Because you said as you were talking about people's reaction to surviving Sue and how you did it, you mm-hmm. said, can you say more about measure and control? Use that phrase. Yeah, I think it's it's what you described about giving yourself an opportunity to let whatever you're feeling rise, you know, let it mm. come up so that it can get out. And, and, you know, what you described about trying to fine tune where the feelings of ill will may be coming from. Mm-hmm. But also it's it's balanced by the, the feelings of joy, you know, so there are gratitude moments mm-hmm. in, in all of these, you know, kind of experiences as well. And I think you know, not everything is a 10, not everything is a hundred, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, that emotional regulation where you feel like you, you need to respond, you need to step in. With my mom, often I felt like I needed to be in defense mode for myself. Mm-hmm. But I, I also learned very early on that that I, I wasn't really the focal point for her, you know, just like mm-hmm. Mr. D, it really wasn't about a shirt. It's It's about other stuff. And I think... Mm-hmm. When we can do that and sort of, you know, measure and gauge what's coming at us and then control the response a little bit. It sounds very like, you know, behavioristic, right? Mm-hmm. And some sort of like, you know, uh, machine learning, but it's not. I think people can can learn to understand what are the things that are likely to provoke and when you you are aware of that, you can reduce and limit your responsiveness to those mm-hmm. things. And certainly, you know, for me, when I was, you know, going to school, one of the, and I write about it in the book, one of the mandatory requirements was to receive therapy as someone who's going to be doing that work. So mm-hmm. I think I had some advantages, you know, as I was trying to understand my situation with my mom, but we all have mom situations and right. parenting conundrums. So yeah, I think it's it's it goes back to your morning routine, you know, and, mm-hmm. and my thoughts about equilibrium that we need to do that. I might start calling it irrigating the irritations. I like that too. <laughs> right. But it's it you have to do it. And I know for me, I also need to sweat. And so if I go a couple of days without literally um, expending some energy to get some energy, I'm off. Mm-hmm. It affects mm-hmm. me mentally. So I think that's the other thing that I would add. I'm not a mountain climber. Oh, hey there. <laughs> Win Leon. But yeah. I mean, I need to to sweat some stuff out and mm-hmm. I need even in my non-athlete, you know, kind of world, you know, this old girl needs to sweat a little. I do. And yeah. when I don't, I can be a real cranky monster. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yep. I, I love that expending energy to get energy and you know sweating some stuff out which you could call irrigating the irritation that's a whole other way of irrigating (laughs) I love it have you seen me when I get off the spin bike yeah you can kind of ring me out yeah you're good really good point it's another way to bring fluidity to the situation oh oh oh, you didn't oh 
you didn't. Oh my gosh. I have no counter for that. I can't play. You win. Okay. You win. We took oh that one gosh. too far. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Oh my gosh. That was okay. Now I'm crying. That is so good. Right. But I mean, think about the stuff we're talking about. Uh, focus on self, you know, kind of movement, hydration, right? Yeah, right. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's nothing fancy and you don't need to go spend a lot of money, right? For someone to tell you what to do. You probably know it already, right? Right, right. Yeah. And then I love how you, you did that. That was masterful because you came back to the basics from, mm. <laughs> from our wild meandering there. Which reminds me that disruption is a, just another thing that sort of can take us off of our game when it comes, yeah. Um, whether it comes with summer or it comes with home projects or it comes with you know visitors, um, yeah. What can we learn from disruption? Mm. I think you know. For me, I forget that even though, you know, I'm in my sixth decade now, I forget that I can still learn and I can be adaptable. And so I was, was thinking about this the other day. I am not a surfer, but I'm a hell of a wave runner. I, <laughs> right. I, you know, and so yeah. staying above the water, right. I, I think because disruption is going to happen. The waves are going to be large. Some of them want to suck us under. Yeah. But I think, you know, staying, you know, nimble you know and not writing ourselves off you know i think is is really important and i think um this is going to sound kind of like a a weird departure but i was thinking about this the other day because i feel like in the summer a lot of us are are yearning for things to do outside and you and i have talked about this recently about your children are going to have this acronym AQI in their heads about air quality that <laughs> yes. was not something that we dealt with. And as we right. think about, you know, environmental change and climate, I think, you know, we've, we have to stay nimble. We need to find our, you know, advocacy hearts about all of that. But I think this whole idea about the preciousness of outdoor activities mm-hmm. and, you know, how to be flexible about what we do, because I, I feel like in my lifetime, there's been this acceleration of concern about environmental mm-hmm. you know, impact. Mm-hmm. And I think we're starting to see some things that I am no expert, but I'm seeing it in a, a way where it's starting to change people's behavior mm-hmm. about when and how, you know, people connect and the choices that people make. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of, it's ominous. Yeah. Right? Talk about disruption, right? We're talking right. about summer activities and we're talking about how they can be disrupted by these sort of bigger trends, uh, yeah. whatever we call it. There are yep. times where we're going to have to pivot on what we can do to enjoy yeah. our day or our routine or our summers. Yeah. And and I and, think it's I love, hard. Yeah. Because you want to take the kids to the ball game, yes. right? But are you going to yes. have a conversation at some point about the air quality is not good today, guys. Right. Or the swimming pool or the, or, mm-hmm. uh, right. And it happens with their camps too, whether we can go out, whether they can be in um, the outdoor camps at those times when yeah. wildfire smoke happens. So then we have to work on that adaptability. But I love what you said that 
it teaches you that you can still, you're still a learner, that you still can learn. And that adapt and that adaptability comes from learning. Yeah. And I think for me, it's also, I, I didn't say this very well, but it's also me beginning to understand as I grow older, the, the interdependencies in the world, you know, mm -hmm. and so what I want to do, you know, it, it's, it's great to be kind of super ego driven and I want, but I actually heard someone the other day complaining about wanting to go to the botanic garden and she was swearing a blue streak because she couldn't because of the air quality. Mm -hmm. And it just, it's, it, it's a reminder, you know, that everything that we do, there are ripples and repercussions, mm -hmm. but reacting to the, the limiting nature of not being able to do things is kind of missing the point. How did we get here and what do right. we do about it? Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm not parenting as you are, but there's so many teachable moments, mm -hmm. you know, for the children about that, especially I feel like in summer when you've got more time with them mm -hmm. and more active. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's funny that we've sort of morphed from self-care to care of the planet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Care of each other as as yeah. We deal with different factors. Um, yeah, do do and that? I don't. Right, and I don't think they need to be mutually exclusive. I think you know those moments of awareness, whether whatever people do, to kind of be thoughtful. Mm -hmm. um, and caring, it applies to our interactions with friends and family and strangers that we meet. But also, I think that the, the whole category of loving kindness meditations are all mm -hmm. built on, you know, being thoughtful about who we are as as people in the universe, right? And that intentionality there, right? Yeah. And I, for some reason, I feel that more in the summer when you and I were talking about chatting about this. I I feel it more because I. I think people are, whether it's post-COVID or schools out, you know, and parents mm -hmm. are juggling, there are more opportunities for us to be in the world after several years of being anchored to my desk chair, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And so if we're, there's more opportunities to be in the world, then we want to be thoughtful people in yeah. that, in the world. I yeah. love that. That's a wonderful note to end on about, you know taking care of ourselves. And that helps, at least for me, that helps me to be a thoughtful person in the world. Yeah, yeah I think so. But I love chatting with you because we bob and weave and we go this <laughs> way and that way, but hopefully people follow yeah. along. Right. Yeah. Talk about nimbleness. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. We are. We are. Well, well, it was fun. Thank you for this conversation, Vicki. Love it. Your wisdom is wonderful. Right back at you, girlfriend. Mwah. Thank you for listening. Our music is With a Little Help from My Friends by Lennon and McCartney, performed by Carolyn Leon. Please visit our website at sharingtheheartofthematter.com for show notes and more great inspirations. <laughs>